Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, Hamelech, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor and Rabbi, Billy Elias. All right, welcome once again um, to Bearing the Burdens podcast. I am your host, Pastor and Rabbi uh, Billy Elias. What started as a basic Shabbat devotional has turned into a series on King James, his version of the Bible, and theology today. Once again, I am joined by the beautiful, intelligent, incredible Caroline Elias. Yes, my daughter, my little peanut, um, who really has become an expert on the King Henry reign and everything subsequent. Um, So Caroline, awesome to have you again. Thank you. We left off last time where Mary, Queen of Scots, Elizabeth is now on the throne. Yeah. Mary, Queen of Scots, is married to Francis. Mm-hmm. She's getting enormous pressure from King Henry of France. Catherine de' Medici, uh, his wife, Queen of France, and basically the papacy, Catholicism, to declare herself ruler of our queen of England, even though Elizabeth already had. She was reluctant. Yes, she was really reluctant because she just wanted to have good relations with her cousin. Right. And we know that really, she was basically put in the middle of something. She was put in the middle of something she did not want to be a part of. Right. And so talk to me about the day she did declare that she was. So yeah, so she did end up declaring herself the Queen of England for some time. But um, after Francis died, she did take it back and went back to Scotland to rule. Right. So Francis was her husband, um, and he became king only for about three years. Uh, about a year. I think less than a year. They were married. married three years, but... Yeah. Right, okay. So they were only married for three years, and he died of a uh, infection that he got, in, in, an ear infection. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like foul play. It wasn't anything like that. It's just the poor guy was sick, had a lot of infections. He died from an ear infection. And then this is when it, everything changes. This is when the story takes the change for the worse. Um, she moves back to Scotland. Yeah, so she moves back to Scotland where she marries Lord Darnley, who uh, was very power-hungry and tried to take the throne from her. Since she did want... Protestant and Catholics to come together, a lot of the Protestants or Catholics did not want that. So they looked to Lord Darnley to become king and change that. And they um, they tried to ice out Mary, but eventually she was able to come back and she was able to claim her throne again. But there was also now the issue of how Lord Darnley died. They believe that she purposely killed him. Right. With uh, Lord Bothwell, who would be her second husband. Right. So before we go all the way down that road, Lord Barnley was Protestant. Yes. Right. Now, your queen is Catholic, your king is Protestant, but he's not the real king. Yeah, no. no. He's not. I don't remember the the term. Consort. There you go. He's the king consort, meaning that if Mary was to die, he would not become become king. Somebody else would take the throne, which is what would happen with Mary and Francis. Yeah. Because 
Francis died, Mary could not become queen. Um, his brothers became king yeah. and Mary was sent back to Scotland. So this is important to understand as well. And one of the things leading up to her return to Scotland is um, at one point the um, Scottish nobles had attacked her mother and she was held up yeah. in the castle at Edinburgh for close to a year, if, I, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And because of that, she caught an illness that eventually killed, killed her. her. Yeah. So, you know, and she was Catholic. So this whole Protestant Catholic thing was raging full-blown in Scotland mm -hmm. when Mary came back. And the nobles backed Darnley. Yeah. And then it was the Catholics who helped restore her. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, Caroline, she sought an alliance with the king and queen of France, of not France, of uh, king and queen of Spain. Oh, yeah, that I didn't know about. Yeah. So they, 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 she tried to get an alliance with them. So, okay, so now it comes to, <laughs> we know that, so she had a child with Lord Darnley. Yeah, yeah, she had James. And that was James. Mm hmm So it was James the Sixth. Yeah. The legitimate heir. heir to the throne of Scotland. How long did Mary get to spend with James? Because this is where, this is the important part. This is when it all really kicks in. Um, I think she was with him for about six months before he had to be taken away for his safety. And so he was taken away. And where was he put? I... He was, I believe he was put with Lord Bothwell for a while, and then he had to be uh, moved somewhere else out of Scotland because he was in danger there. Right, so now he's, he's, in, he's in England, and he's near Elizabeth. Yeah. This is where the plot thickens. Yeah, so there's a lot of, again, political problems within um, Scotland. So eventually, after the death of Lord Darnley, and after Mary Mary's... Lord Bothwell, she will lose her throne again because she will become a criminal because she's accused of killing her husband. Right. So she right. tries to escape to England to go be with Elizabeth, who she thought would protect her, but who ended up imprisoning her because she believed that Mary was plotting against her. Right. So, I mean, this is the interesting thing because she's imprisoned in the Tower of London. Um, her son, James is like one or two at the time. Yeah. So he has actually no memory of, of his mother or his father at all. Yeah. So, you know, so now we're talking about a one or two year old little child who is now in the care of the church of England. Yeah. And we're being, he was being told that his mother was a murderer, a criminal. Yeah. A criminal killing his father, that his mother was also an adulteress mm -hmm. because she was she was accused of the affair with Lord Bothwell and um, her secretary Rizzo. That's the other thing. Now yeah. the secretary, she was. Uh, they had her. They had her secretary killed in front of her. Yeah. Um, and we found out later that he was actually a homosexual. Mm -hmm. But they were saying that she was having an affair with him. With him. Um, so now we have this little boy that's being raised by 
his aunt, who hates his mother, and now has opened its open season yeah. on Catholicism. Yeah. She hated Catholicism. And she hated it because... Of the way she was treated. Of the way she was treated and because Mary Tudor and, and of, of the, the Seymours and mm-hmm. that she did love her father. She was very much loved her father. She was enamored with her father and he was all about the Church of England. So she very much wanted to fulfill her father's dreams. Yeah. And so now James is raised in an environment where he doesn't know his mother. He doesn't know his father. There's no, by any record that we know, there's nobody there to really mentor him. Yeah. And then talk to me about Mary's now imprisoned in the Tower of London. Yeah, so Mary was imprisoned for good 13 years there, where they eventually found evidence against her, so she was executed. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. So we're talking about the casket letters, and, and both Caroline and I are reading the book on Mary and the casket letters at the same time. Um, but we know now, Mary, this is, this is James, he only met his mother one time? Um, he met her a couple of times, but she wasn't with him at all, barely. Okay. And so the long and short of it is we come to the point where now Mary is accused of plotting against Elizabeth. Yes. I'm not, I, nece- I don't necessarily believe that to be true. Um, but regardless, it doesn't matter. It's power and politics that yeah. are ruling the day here in England and in Scotland. She's in, imprisoned in the Tower of England. I mean, so without the consent or the knowledge of Queen Elizabeth, the Protestant nobles at court take Mary from the Tower of London to have her beheaded. Um, And it wasn't until after the execution that Elizabeth found out. Um, So we're talking about really some crazy things that were happening. Yeah. When so at this point, King James is in full knowledge of what's happening. His mother is now accused of trying to have the Protestant Queen of England, the monarch of the Church of England, um, assassinated, regicide, as a Catholic, and it just at this point, this this guy, his head is spinning. Yeah. Um. So now there were some other things that we were talking about too about. His father. Yeah, so his father actually, um, he was an alcoholic. He had very addictive behavior, so he was addicted to gambling, and alcohol, anything you could really think of at the time. And he also was known for how aggressive he was towards Mary. His hatred for her and his disdain for her was really well known throughout. Every, everyone just knew it. I mean, they would go to the same place and sleep on two different floors away from each other instead of the king and the queen's quarter. So he, he had a deep hatred for his wife. Right. And so these are the things that are affecting this kid. Yeah. Right. And so Mary is now, we know, okay, so Mary is executed. And, and this was one of, this is another moment that really impacts, I think, King James now. He's old enough to know everything. He's heard all the rumors. He knows his father. 
was addicted to women. He was he knows his father was addicted to alcohol, was a gambler, was a very violent man. Um, he knows that his father was murdered. He knows that his mother um, had him murdered. And I, I don't necessarily know, you know, I don't think that's ever really been proven, but at least for this young man, that's what he's being told. Yeah, and there was a lot of strong evidence back then um, that was leaning towards Mary doing, uh, killing her husband. Right, so, and he's now being brought up in the English court by the Queen of England in a very Church of England mindset. And his mother, when she's brought to the executioner's block, she stripped her garments off. Yeah, she stripped her garments off to show a red dress to show martyr martyrdom. She was claiming now to be a martyrdom, a martyr for Catholicism. Yeah. So she, in the end, turned it right back into, you're killing me because you want me dead because I was the Catholic Queen of Scotland and the rightful heir to the throne of England... But I'm Catholic. Yeah. So she turned it back into the Church of England versus the papacy. It was definitely a political statement. Yeah. Definitely was. Um, meanwhile, Elizabeth is raging a rampant war against all things Catholicism. Yeah. The France, Spain, everything. Um, and then, of course, unfortunately, it took two shots at the executioner's block. The first fall of the axe did not complete the task, and then it had to be done a second time. Um, and so, you know, these are the things that now go through this young man's head. So Elizabeth, we're going to fast forward, of course. Elizabeth's on her deathbed. Talk to me about how James ascends to the throne of England. So James' ascension to the throne was actually really interesting because he's now claiming more countries than any king has really ever had claim over. He has Ireland, England, a Scotland, I believe. Yes. So he has, you know, three countries under his control. So that's a lot of power and a lot of problems to deal with, especially with the political strife going on in all three of those countries. Right. So and I and if it and if I'm not mistaken when Mary was executed, he became the rightful heir to the King of Scotland. Yeah. He, he was King yeah. James the Sixth of Scotland. And that's the irony behind all of this because we talk about regicide and it was completely forbidden. Mary was still the Queen of Scotland. Yeah. And yet, the English nobles had her executed. Yeah, she was the rightful queen of Scotland. Yeah. And upon that execution, James now becomes King James VI of Scotland, the legitimate king of Scotland, mm -hmm. but yet not England. So what happens? How do we arrive where Elizabeth finally says, "You, I name you as my heir and my successor? Well, before Mary died, they actually had made a deal the two that she would name James the heir of England. That was the promise between them. If Elizabeth never had a child of her own, that's what was going to happen. Okay, and that's what happened. Yeah. And so now, he not only ascends to be the king of England, 
um, the King of Scotland. So he's known as King James I of England, King James VI of Scotland. He now has rule and domain over England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. Yeah. So he has domain over the entire... Almost the entire country. Almost yeah. the entire empire that yeah. would become you know, the British Empire as it eventually would be known. And now he is not only king, he's the monarch. He's the head of the church. He's the head of the Church of England. Yeah. But he still has an issue. The Vatican. The Pope. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that history tells us is that he really did not want to have a daggum thing to do with Christianity. Um, and, and obviously it was due to the fact of the way he was brought up, his parents, the political strife that he was surrounded with. All of these things really did affect his rule and what his political beliefs were. We know that he was a um, sodomite. Um, we know that he was a misogynist. We know that he was an anti-Semite, which we haven't even touched on through this entire thing. And we know that he wanted to ascend and make himself... It was like an exclamation point to say this whole... Catholic, Protestant thing, I'm going to make it change. So he inserts himself into what is today known as the book of James in our New Testament, which at the time was known as the book of Jacob, who was the brother of Jesus. So James made that statement very loud and clear that I'm not only the head of the Church of England, but I am the one that's going to put the exclamation part because at that point, the papacy was weak. France was no longer a Catholic country. Scotland, no longer a Catholic country. England, not a Catholic country. So they had Spain, and I think at that time Italy, I know our part, Ireland is part torn in half. Yeah. Right? One part Protestant, one part Catholic. So we're talking about a guy that basically, at least at the moment, ended the religious wars. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, we also got to see what a real monarch was. I mean, he got to watch Elizabeth rule, who is the greatest queen to ever have, you know, walked this planet. And he did, he saw what it meant to be a real ruler of a country. Yeah. And he also learned a hatred. Yeah. Yeah. He also learned a deep hatred for something. Yes. Right. And, and I think, you know, from what, you know, and we're not really, we're told a lot about King James, but really not when it comes to his writing of the Bible. Um, you know, when he said, we're going to have the council of Hampton Court, I think it was 1609, and that's when they began to work on the translation, um, which included the Catholic Church, the Church of England, but also an important thing, Puritanism, right? So 
we're going to talk about Puritanism on the next one. Um, once again, this has been just a great, this has just been a great uh, series. Uh, we're going to end it there. We're going to pick up where King James at the Council of um, Hampton Courts brings everybody together and basically sets that statement. So Caroline, once again, thank you so much for thank being you. here. Um, and to all of you, uh, as always, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom, peace. In the precious name of Jesus, our glorious Messiah, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace. Round you like a